0: shortly um but <clears throat> hey it's monday and we are back for snakes and stogie 79 speak of the devil
1: you're already rolling for four minutes and 43 seconds
0: no it was the uh, pre-roll thing did you crazy. It? have you forgot well
1: last time the pre-roll was a little wonky so i didn't know uh what no, the plan was I actually thought I was going to be like five to eight minutes early, and I am not. But that's fine. We're here. We're rolling.
0: Uh, So first off, not only is this show brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons, uh, but congratulations because Gendra are now officially Gendra.
1: Gendra.
0: They are now to uh, to be married at some point in the near future.
1: So In the foreseeable future. Congratulations, Gendra. We love you both. That's
0: pretty cool. You are still technically early. Bill
1: Bill is correct. So. That is good. Well, isn't he in the future? Or he's in the past. That's what it is. He's in the past.
0: I don't know. What you uh what do you what do you have? Tonight, um. Go?
1: Uh I always mess this name up. It's the, uh, it's an Oliva, but it's the Milan, Milan, Milanio. Yeah. So I was actually saving this for like an afternoon smoke. I got hey, the hey. <laughs> nice. Nice. I was saving this for an afternoon smoke, but, uh, it plumed out. Like, like I brought it with us to Texas and like, I got home and I was like, what the hell happened to this? Yep. Or, you know what, was this, this, you didn't give me this
0: in Texas. Did you? No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I don't know. Did I give you one of those in Texas? Is that the Maduro or the regular one?
1: This is uh, just regular Grand Reserve Limitada.
0: I don't know the, if it did or the,
1: didn't. It's the box-pressed
0: Right. Uh, I, like don't know torpedo. If I, I brought some Maduros.
1: It's definitely not the Maduro. It's just the, the Limited. I don't know. I don't know where I got it from, but
0: I know I had it in Texas. It got Cigar of the Year. I, back in 2014 I think
1: well it was turned white like three days ago so I was like let me wipe this thing off and I'll smoke it tonight so it's all good great minds think alike apparently
0: yeah I love love that one in a Maduro but I really like as far as like Olivas, this is probably my favorite, and this is the the Tor uh, the Perfecto, which I'm not a big fan of, but the, the Robusto and the Toro and this regular Serie yeah. B are really good. So, yeah, what do they call? Yeah, it It's pretty S- hot here too.
1: It's actually, I was gonna bring that up. I didn't know if I looked a little funny um, because uh, I walk outside. There's so much humidity; it's crazy. Has it been raining by you?
0: We got a serious, serious storm last night, like crazy rain, which we needed desperately. But... Right on. <clears throat> and in case anyone there's if there's background noise, the security system people are putting in a, a thing right now in the garage, so you might hear noises. Fair enough fair enough
1: so we've been gone for a while and now and then we, by the way we have sponsors
0: it's almost talk. been a month
1: we need we need to push psp even more
0: what, what did happened? you
1: see did you see no i was gonna say did you see sorry my computer lagged out for a second there uh i didn't know if you guys were hearing me or not those pictures of him proposing we're phenomenal. Yeah. Grandiose mountain yeah, But I wonder
0: though, because when you when you have like professional photos done like that though, you, you gotta wonder. Like if I were a woman, I would right. if I saw a professional photographer like randomly following us around, I'd I'd suspect something. But
1: right, right. Well see, I, I think I'm also lucky that I have a lot of friends that are like professional photographers or or they're amateur, but they're professional quality. And most of the time, if we're hanging out in like a group setting, somebody's got an actual camera, you know? So I'm sure, I don't know if, I don't know if Gendra did it this way, but I imagine that there could be some kind of a lore. Not a lore, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you, you, you don't realize, oh, Chris bought his camera. Oh, all right, he's taking pictures of the mountains. We're gonna see the mountains. And all of a sudden it's like, wham! Be my life partner, yes.
0: Yeah, that ring is a uh, ring is pretty legit.
1: It's good. I always love when it's one of those like James Bond evil villain diamond rings where you oh. put it in like a laser to destroy the world.
0: A <laughs> laser that'll blow up the moon.
1: Yes. Speaking of lasers, did you see the uh, um, you know, El- Elbit Systems, which is part of the L3-Harris conglomeration, they produce lasers and night vision for the U.S. military. They, I just saw this today, they designed a high-powered laser, infrared laser, it's invisible to the naked eye from what I gather, um, to shoot down drones, aircraft to aircraft. Crazy. So basically, you got some guys or gals flying around in like a, I don't know, it's like a Cessna, it's like a prop plane. Maybe it's a Grumman, I don't know. And there's like a window on the side, and that window is like...
0: It's like crazy. Daisy, daisy rifle of, of lasers?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's the daisy. It's more like the howitzer. So, yeah. So, what I was going to say is, uh, uh, we were gone for a while, and then we had our collaboration episode... It's, been,
0: it's, almost good to, since it's been, been almost a month. 78th episode. It's been 27 days, I think, <laughs> according to what SoundCloud told me. So.
1: Wow. So what else is new in your life, buddy?
0: Corns are hatching. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, got the clutch, had 11 eggs, and ended up with nine surviving. I had one that died in the egg. I think I could tell it kind of it tried to cut its way out, and it, it didn't get out, and it, just died. Um, and then one of the eggs went went bad pretty early on. So.
1: And I was, was going to ask
0: you. With nine of them, they've all, all but one, I think, have had their, their sheds for sheds. And then uh, I offered food to them yesterday, and I got uh, seven of the, eight of the nine to eat.
1: Very cool. I was going to ask you, uh, remember we were talking about how the eggs were almost completely translucent when candled? yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, the general consensus was leave it alone. Something's growing in there, you know. I'll
0: send you the pictures right now, actually, if you want to share them.
1: Yeah, let's let's do that because, I mean, I've I don't think I've ever I know I've never bred corns, but I don't think I've ever actually seen corn eggs scandal in person, and I, I thought that was very interesting. You sending me on Facebook or text?
0: Uh, messenger. Okay. <clears throat>
1: uh, Yeah, it's like uh, it's almost as if there was there was nothing in there, you know. I mean, with the exception of the veins, I I thought it looked like just, you know, dud unfertilized eggs. So let me pull this up real quick. It's taking forever to load. There they are. All right, let's get a share up in here. I got to figure out if there's like a hot key for a stream yard. That way I don't have to open like 14 windows. You know what I mean?
0: <clears throat> yeah. And so one of those, so that's, that's the corn clutch. Cause I think one of the pictures I sent you is actually one of the Baird's eggs. Um, okay. But yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Cause that was just before we left for Texas. So that was maybe four or five days before they hatched.
1: Right,
0: um, and it's just bizarre. Yeah, that's a corn egg, and it's and I can't figure out exactly what it is that would cause that. The only thing I can think of is is that albumin or whatever in the in the egg itself is more opaque, and therefore you can't see what's going on inside unless it's like up against the shell, like the veins are.
1: Right, like more more milky,
0: more uh, le- yeah, less like transparent. Because if, if you looked at that, you would say there's <clears> nothing in that egg. Like that is empty. Well, obviously there isn't, or there is something going on because you see all the, uh, you know, the, the veinage and stuff like that's a, that's a healthy looking egg on the inside. And I don't know when, when she laid them, they didn't look great. You could see sort of the, the starring as far as the calcification and stuff of that outer outer shell. And it's, uh, it wasn't great, but you know, they all ended up all, all, almost all of them went the distance. So.
1: But yeah, I very pictures
0: of them and pictures of the parents, too, for anyone who is curious. And I hate that Messenger does it the opposite. Yeah. It, it's odd. Yes. There so that's go. the picture that Katie sent me while I was gone. That was when the first one hatched. And like I said, I mean, they all kind of look... Most of those eggs look a little rough, and you can see that dud there in the middle. Is that an eye? No, no, no. That's oh, I was gonna
1: say that's, a, that's yeah. that'd be pretty cool if that was a little sneaker eye. But yeah, I mean, even and people get so discouraged. I think that you know when the time comes, you look at this. Obviously, this is a dud, right? But you look at this egg here. All this discoloration and and like up in here, and people get discouraged. I've seen people throw away eggs.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and it's like just let them do their thing. You'll know when they're rotten and bad. You'll 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 definitely know, especially when you smell it. But people get discouraged, and I mean, like this, these eggs are obviously still awesome because babies popped out of them. That's awesome, Jeff congratulations
0: bro yeah so on what we were just talking about jeff said i tricked her by saying we need to get professional pictures of her with the mountains in the background i pretended to ask a random photographer to take pics when uh then pop the question so yeah and as far as the bad eggs thing i've seen some eggs where if you looked at it you would say like there's no way something's coming out of that and then lo and behold there is actually something in it and so I'm, a, I'm of the same opinion, like they're not going to hurt anything. Just leave them in there. Let them do their thing.
1: Can you hear my computer going bubbing? Uh,
0: no, I can hear your keyboard clicks. Okay.
1: I guess uh, the Snakes and Stogies group chat is having a audio call, I guess, or something. No, I don't know. I
0: don't know. Phone's on silent, so. All right, let me
1: get the pictures of the adults up here.
0: Cox, what? What, uh, what snake did Bill get? That retake that I wanted that I didn't have room for. Yeah, so that's the male.
1: Nice. And as, great, uh, this, will great contrast. Just,
0: this will just show sort of the variation among these things, even within like the same property, because the female. Literally came from the neighbor across from my parents' house when she was tiny, tiny. So the boy is darker. He was found under the porch at my dad's house. That's the female. So, I mean, literally, we're talking about a dist- a, a difference of, like, maybe 200 yards. So... Not a lot of space between them, but you can see the, the pretty clear difference. She's a lot more uh, lot more orange overall. Not nearly as dark. That that male, he gets like this really dark oak sort of color to him. Um, and then all the babies came out really dark like this as well, which I thought was interesting. Um, and there's one holdback for sure. That's the lightest of the bunch. And then I'm going to hold back probably the darkest of the bunch. I'm going to end up keeping either 2.2 or, or 1.3. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> um, yeah, just crazy dark. And they all, all but one ate. That one hold back was the one that didn't eat. Um, I'm gonna, just going to try live with that one next because all the other ones, I just put them in a cup with some food and it was gone within a couple hours. So definitely not used to that happening. I'm used to struggling and dealing with really picky eaters.
1: Yeah, right? It's it's always awesome to have a... No, it's uh,
0: strange a, to just throw something in there and it's gone. Yeah, right?
1: It's the way it should be, right?
0: Uh, so other than that, the Baird's Clutch is due to hatch within the next four to seven days. Um, only six eggs out of that. Mm. I had planned on putting a pair up for the Reptile Preservation Institute auction thing coming up before Daytona, but I may change it to a voucher just because uh, if I I only got it was a clutch of six eggs, one of the eggs went bad for sure, and so I have five that look healthy. So, kind of want to hold on to those for a while too and determine who stays and who goes. But I don't know, we'll see. And then I'm expected eggs from the Loma Alta female. Uh, she had her prelay shed. It looks like while we were gone, so within the next probably two weeks or so, three weeks, we'll I should get some eggs from her. Maybe we'll see. But came home the uh, pair of Dion's rat snakes that I got. Um, the one, the female came in gravid. She slugged out. Came home and there was nothing but slugs in the in the thing, which is fine, Damn. no big deal. I put them back together. So
1: yeah.
0: Um, Those are really interesting, too, because I was reading Dr. Messenger's book about them. And so, like, they stay, like, the gestation is crazy long. It's like, what did I say? Like, I have to look it up. It's it's, It's like 120 120 days. Yeah, Yeah, the gestation is super long. And then the incubation is literally, it said, like, three to four weeks. So it's like they lay them and it's like, boom, they hatch. Like it's very bizarre and i guess it it makes complete sense when you're looking at it in terms of um like cold weather you know your cooler temperatures it makes more sense to hold on to them and sort of incubate them yourself like with your own temperature
1: mollendorf are like that
0: right i i don't know i think so
1: probably i'm pretty sure they have like 100 120 day gestation and then it's like a three-week incubation something to that regard someone's going to correct me i'm sure
0: so Mike said, Mike Cameron said, those Loma Alta bears are nice looking. That female in particular is probably the nicest bears I have out of all of them. Like she's the, she's the most, she's like the poster child for Loma Alta stuff. Um, and uh, the male looks good too, but that female is just
1: top Which, notch. It, it's crazy, man, because we have now been to Loma Alta. Right. How right. awesome is that? You know?
0: Uh, Bill, the Dion's came from a friend. I'm supposed to be getting another one from said friend soon. And another Baird's.
1: And how are the uh, uh, Green Fellows?
0: They're, they're fine. Nothing okay. new there. Um,
1: what about your new Green Fellows?
0: Oh, those guys. Yeah, I got some rhino rats again. Uh, those guys are doing great. Uh, so I had 2.2 come in. One of the females was pretty small and scrawny and, and was looking it's a little rough. Pictures. Send pictures. And uh, Well, I don't really have any pictures of them, dude. I'm kind of leaving them alone. Yeah, touche. Touche. Um, and that female ended up rolling on me. But kind of is what it is. But the other two males and female are doing really well so far. They've all pretty much shed at least once and they've all been eating. Like those things are freaking nuts for food, man. Um, I'm trying to send you the most recent pictures of stuff that I have. Yeah. I'm not going to misplace those ones. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure of that, believe me, I made sure they were they were locked down and weren't going anywhere. So. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> Door sweep, yeah. I don't remember which one exactly that is, but I think that is the other female, I believe. That's Man. the one female. Dude, that thing looks so good. Dude, there's just some of the most interesting snakes, like visually, like seeing them in person, and it's funny, I was holding one earlier, and I had it outside, and like a breeze would come, and it would start doing the sway. Oh, yeah? Like, it is, is hilarious. Like, you, you didn't have to do anything, and it would start doing the, like the what rough green snakes do. Oh, like yeah, yeah, Try to like move in the breeze. Like a chameleon. yeah. Yeah. And so that's, uh, a, another male albino beards from Matt most, which it's folded like on, in all honesty, that is the nicest albino I've ever seen. So which far. is,
1: and, and it's crazy because it doesn't look like an albino. Like to me, that doesn't look like your traditional albino colubrid. It, it looks just like a, yeah. a high white animal because yeah. I mean, they're so silver as they are normally, you know?
0: Well that's what's bizarre is that one's really nice and I'm curious to see how it progresses. But the other male albino I have now where his saddles are, it's starting to turn almost like this like bruise blue. Really? It's I I don't know if I can get into pictures, but uh anybody saying Baron's racers over rhinos is wrong. Yeah, and that's that's crazy. Snake. But yeah, that thing is that thing's nice, dude. That thing's insane. I'm really excited to plug him into some stuff down the road. And he's a few years out. Uh, that's the male Dions. I need to get him outside and get some natural, natural light pictures because it doesn't do him justice. Like that guy is straight up orange and pink, like a sunset sort of. Yeah. fancy Fancy. Yeah, that's, that's one of those. Beverage. He's he's that orange.
1: That's one of those species where you just you can't you can't really do it with a cell phone unless you're outside and indoor lighting just makes them look drab.
0: Well they're yeah, they're they're <clears throat> it's a bizarre species to begin with cuz they have the pattern like a garter. They've got the head stamp of a corn, but they have the eyes of like Gonyosoma, like true Gonyosoma. Right. But they're smooth too, so they're not they're not keeled like garters or other thamnophis. Uh it's, it's they're, they're just this sort of weird amalgamation of of things. But they're very cool. Um pretty mellow for the most part. These guys too. It's funny. I was pulling the shed out of, it wasn't that one. It was the biggest one of the group that I have. I was pulling the shed out when I got back and it like came swinging out of that hide and like, was like trying to grab it and stuff like they're so really? food. Yeah, man. They're so food driven. It's insane. Are you going to try the
1: goldfish in the bowl thing or guppies or whatever?
0: I don't have any reason to, cause they're all eating on their own, but, I would. I mean, I would like to give them some every now and then, like periodically, just for enrichment. Uh, you know, just to change it up a little bit. But they're sure. eating fine on mice. Like no, no problem. So
1: yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff.
0: Uh, still no nothing new on the on as far as the Jansen I go. Uh, I need to put the male back in with the female actually and see what I can make happen. But I put a, like a humid hide in there, AKA a a lay box. And she's, she spends a lot of time in there, but she hasn't dropped anything. So.
1: Okay. I'm trying to, uh, get my photos to load. Apple wants to be a pain in the neck. Um, but I had a couple pictures I wanted to share. Um, I didn't, I had nothing paired up. I didn't have any eggs in the incubator. So I only came home to shed skin and poop from my trip to Texas. But uh, I, I don't think I showed this when we did the cult collaboration. Um, I don't know why I would, but that my newest wrinkles shed for me for the first time. I mean, this is like a yearling animal. Um, but it's crazy because as many banded critters as I have, uh, I mean, with the exception of like the Franklin mountain lepidus, nothing really looks that banded when it's shed. And it's funny is the contrast, like, cause obviously it's black and you know orange and yellow yeah. and citrus colors. Like I was just impressed by that, that piece of skin. And then when I was cleaning up, you know, cause I have them on paper towels for now, um, uh, I, I was shocked to find to find this, which I thought was super cool. I posted it earlier today, and like, yeah, it, obviously it it's like a, it's ninja a turtle. it looks like an Ninja Turtle dude, right? And yes, it's a bad shed. Yes, the shed was flaky; it didn't come off in one nice piece. But first time shedding in my room, it's on paper towels. Not the best conditions, but uh, yes, Cox, sweet hog <laughs> nose, right? Um, Eye caps came off the whole head cap came off the the cloaca and the tail came off. So like, I'm happy, you know, but I just thought that was super cool. Like that teenage mutant turtle head. It just looked, it looked ominous. Looked cool. I thought it was nice. So that that's literally the highlight of my return to my animals. (laughs) So I did, however, uh, again, coming home and cleaning stuff. You know, I've been talking about my, uh, my underwater source that I got from Leland ward. Um, see if these load. So I got a pair. Well, I don't want to say a pair. I got two babies from Leland almost two years, two Daytonas ago. And he told me when I got them, he's like, listen, I can't guarantee sex. There's too small, blah, blah, blah. I said, of course, I don't hold you to that at all. Um, He's like, but I will tell you that I've looked at enough of these guys to know which one's going to grow up to be hypo. He's like, and I really think you've got one hypo and one normal. Well turns out i have two females because nice. they're they're finally big enough to really like definitively know
0: and can you you not like, use like a jeweler's loop like you can on cresses and and look via that
1: uh i mean i'm sure you could but you know we're you're just looking for a bulge with these guys you know and i just i'd rather wait for the bulge or no bulge at that point um and know for sure than take a take a guess you know and then They're they're supposed to be communal. I don't keep them together. I keep them separate just for ease of feeding and stuff. But uh, I'd rather not have a mistake, so to speak. But it turns out that both of them are hypo. So they're both female and they're both hypo. So now I just need to find a normal male and I'll be good to go. Um, But, dude, like, those things are amazing. And, like, you can see – oh, that was the best picture too. You can see there's bands – yeah. Of dots, which I think is super cool. And unlike any other species that I know. Because it's not an actual band. It's just the rosettes themselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know? It's so, like the ghost of a pattern. Right. See if it'll try the... No, never mind.
1: Well, yeah, I still have
0: Say, so See if it would... Uh, Like, that picture showed up. I think, remember, because we had the issues with the... Um, when we did the recap. Show,
1: oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna send it to you on Facebook and then I'll just post it from there because that just seems to work. I feel like Facebook is the ultimate converter of data,
0: yeah. I send myself stuff all the time on there, oh, like yeah, pictures yeah. and links and stuff like that. Text, like I, yep. I message myself when I need to copy and paste stuff. So, do you know what airport people usually fly into Daytona for?
1: Uh, Daytona International, I believe. Oh, do they have one? I'm 99.9% sure they do. Gotcha. (laughs) So now it's not letting me see the gecko picture. I'm just going to do this from my phone and make life simple. Instead of delaying this beautiful show that we're orchestrating. So... How's that burning? Uh, fine. Mine got a little too hot too quick, starting to canoe on me.
0: Yeah, those ones, are not rolled terribly tight, so they do kind of burn a little faster. Right.
1: But uh, I will say this, though. I forgot how good a fragrance they had. It almost... It's one of I mean, the most
0: I, popular cigars that we sell, man. Yeah.
1: it's almost It almost smells like a flavored cigar, and it's not. I mean, the taste is proper, you know, but it almost has that...
0: I prefer the Maduros just because the Maduros have a little more little more going on.
1: A little more naturalness to them?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, the regular ones, just they're kind of flat to me as far as flavor. So.
1: Like, look at this gecko, man. Yeah, that's cool. Like, even if you're not a lizard person, like, that thing is just too freaking the, cool. Just
0: the giant black marble eyes yeah and like I, I always forget how long
1: and thin their tail is you know because i have all the mouth mm-hmm. tails like you don't you don't think a lot of times it's kind of curled up or it's it like laying against a piece of bark or something and then you look at how long those digits are those toes are just so long it's crazy you know and actually this one you can see the bands better you can see the one at the nape one here one here one here and again, like even the yellow opposed to the white, like it's not that the skin is banded. It's just the rosettes make the bands. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Love those stupid little geckos.
0: Tell you what, last night I was looking up care for horned lizards. And I'm not yeah. going to do it. But if, you know what, dude? If you didn't have a snake I just, room... I just don't think it's worth the Worth the hassle.
1: If you didn't have a snake room, I'd say go for it.
0: But I think that was we can get that sort of out of the way first. Is like our main. So we already did the recap episode of what we did in Texas right, and stuff like right. that. But we never really talked about what our sort of our main takeaways from the trip were. Yeah. So I figured it would be a good good show to sort of jump into that sort of absolutely. What was learned from it? Sort of what we would change. Um, and I mentioned it on that recap show, just the fact that seeing what, what those, what the species and stuff that, that live in that habitat deal with gives me a much bigger respect for, for them. Cause that's, it's gotta be hard living, man. 100%. Especially the big Ben stuff. Just. You know, and, and getting my hands on on some of the horn lizards gave me a better appreciation for them. You know, before it was like, yeah, they're cool and all, but it's not until you like chase one down, catch it, and you're holding it, and it's just kind of there, and like they're little armored tanks, man. You know, yeah, just...
1: and the coloration, yeah, is so different that. to the point where, like, I mean, I obviously I don't know every species, and I haven't handled every species, but just being in the pet trade as long as I've been. I've seen a lot of different ones, and dude, none of the, the the Texans that I've ever worked with or played with, none of them look like that. And it just goes to say that, like, yeah,
0: they look like puff adders. Like they have the puff sort of pattern.
1: Like, yep, they look like puff adders. But like that's, that doesn't look like that in captivity. It makes me wonder, like, what we were doing wrong all these years, you know? And uh, and you know, talking to Doc Julander and him talking about you know the harvester ants and, and how to you know how to Replicate that in captivity, and it would be fascinating to do. I think it'd be amazing if you could have like a 100, 200 gallon, you know, vivarium long across like a wall in your living room with like grasslands and you know fake ant mounds that you could have the harvester ants come out of the ant mounds. Like I think that would be amazing. But guys like you and me with you know large diverse collections, it's
0: uh, it's It's a big commitment. Like I don't think it's it's definitely not impossible. Yeah, it is. You're, You're if you're going to do that, I feel like that's that's one of those things where you're putting a lot of focus and emphasis on that project itself. Yeah. Or better it's yet, it's not if something you, you're just doing on the side and you're just like, yeah, I have horn lizards. It's like, no, you're, like, you're horn lizards, then everything else is on the side, kind of thing.
1: Right. I look at it like this if you and I didn't have dogs, or if we didn't have, and you have your cat, and you didn't have to clean a litter box, you didn't have to walk the dog, you didn't have to play with the dog, you didn't have to, you know, uh, cater to having the dog. Because let's face it, as much as we love dogs, they are a fair bit of work, way more work than reptiles. If you didn't have Archie and Hector, you could probably get away with doing the, the, the horn to the horn toads proper. But like I, don't I, believe I, I them, know myself. Well, like think about this. Think about how many times a day you walk Archie. You know what I mean? How many times mm-hmm. a day you play with Archie and you it's take that ex- you, but you take that exact amount of time and you focus them on one species with one enclosure. And yeah, it's doable.
0: But yes, Thomas, they are introduced. Um, there are pockets of the Texan, the Cornutum, uh, up in like the Charleston area. And then I looked on a map and apparently down south of me in like the Savannah, like in the Georgia Coastal Empire area, there's some introduced there too. Interesting. Very interesting. I was doing a lot of a lot of reading last night before bed because I was like, I'm wondering how, how difficult would these really be and... You know, I have the book on them and stuff that I'm reading, and not something I want to—I really want to pursue on any serious level. I just have an appreciation for them and think they're yeah. pretty cool. So,
1: and I'll be honest, that was as much as I love rattlesnakes and I love desert life and scenery. Being in that valley with the grasslands and the rolling hills of the grasslands, and seeing the horned toads in the wild—excuse me, horned lizards in the wild, like. I think that was the highlight of the trip for me, too. Yeah. yeah. Let me see if I can get this. Uh, I'm going to have to go. I want to pull up that same video in case people missed the collab the other night. Let me get the video. I sent
0: some there. pictures to you as well.
1: Okay, yeah. I turned off Facebook for the time being just because I was sick of hearing the beeps and the ding.
0: I sent one of like the <coughs> ant, which is a really bad picture. but shows you but the ants that they're eating are huge. They're harvester ants. They're gigantic. Apparently they hurt, according to Rob Stone and Eric Burke.
1: I, I got hit by one. Did at you? Some point. Yeah, not on the... Um, I got hit on the day that we didn't find any. Hmm. We gotten out of the car for something, and uh, one got me. <clears throat> and it's crazy because you get bit, and you're like, oh, that hurts. And like, okay, whatever. And then 10, 15 minutes later, that's when it starts to really <laughs> hurt. And that's when you start to feel that, that, that venom get up in there. But uh, this is actually a, a deceiving photo, too, because, I mean, obviously you can't see how large they are.
0: Yeah, you don't have a whole lot of context.
1: But uh, but this earth here is clearly more compacted. And where it was more sandy or more loomy, it was, a, it was an actual ant mound that had slight yeah. elevation to it. And there was almost like a cone. It almost looked like a, 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 a freshwater cichlid nest. You know that underwater they make those like little craters? No. Okay, well, it looked like a, a miniature crater.
0: And some of the some of the ones we found were just massive, too. Like, just huge amounts of ants. It was, it was like, it's nice.
1: Yeah. Thousands of ants. Thousands of ants all the size of a, a Tic Tac. You know, large, large ants. Ah, oh, look at that. Super cool. Let me see if I can get... Uh, that video
0: I <clears throat> forget it's Monday and that's everybody come through the garage night to throw away every bit of trash that we decide to throw away
1: <laughs> thank god for the mute button right
0: <clears throat> yeah those and the coleonics geckos I think were probably my favorite finds The uh the coleonics
1: were awesome and just the, the variability in the same species, even like the the, the, the type of tail, like I really makes me wonder if the second one we found was a regenerated tail because of how thick and you know leper gecko-y it was, opposed to the first one we saw that was super long and thin, you know. <clears throat> and
0: then Gendra asks, When's the next herping trip? And that's kind of one of the interesting takeaways for me with the whole thing is like, I'm into herping, but I'm into leisurely herping. Right, right. And if you're going on a herping trip with Rob Stone, leisurely herping ain't no, uh, ain't in the docket. Like you're going to be yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it's not a. You're not sitting on the end of the lake, you know, throwing a rod out and trying to get some bluegills. You're actively Hunting the shoreline for snakehead, you know,
0: just had me questioning myself the entire entire time. I was like, "Am I really like? Am I just one of those guys that's just not really into herping, or is it just that this is like the extreme? Because this is like legitimately my first legitimate like herping trip. Like that is the plan. That is what we were going for. Like that's that's the whole point of the the uh, the vacation, you know." So I was expecting to just be kind of chilling. You no, know, obviously we do some road cruising. Obviously we do some walking around the cuts and all that stuff, and then just be hanging out. And man, oh man, Rob Stone's going to push you. Oh yeah, and he's going to work yeah, for it. I feel I'm, like also, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that it was the way it was. But it's just if it were done, like if I had done it the way I would, we probably wouldn't have gone out nearly as much. But that's just because i I'm, I'm lazy.
1: I feel like it also is you're you're doing more of a commitment because you've spent the money, you've taken the time off from work, and you, you've flown 3,000 miles to do this. You want to maximize the meager amount of time that you have. I mean, let's face it, you're there for a week, right? Yeah. It's not a lot of time. And <clears throat> you have certain windows of opportunity for certain species to be moving, or, or visible at all, should I should say. You know, because even though, even though the sun is hot and everything's hiding, I feel like you still, even if the st- even if it wasn't hot, you still wouldn't be able to see certain species simply because of, of of camouflage. You know, it's so much easier to see a reptile at night with a flashlight, a headlamp, or a blacklight, or what have you, simply because their skin's going to reflect it, opposed to during the daylight. It's meant to blend in, you know. Mm-hmm. the cover of darkness, it, 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 it you get the contrast to it. Um, I found the video of that prairie, and I just I just love this video, man. Like this just shit. And again, it doesn't do it justice. It does not do it justice.
0: But. Yeah, especially when we were there at like sunset and stuff, man.
1: And look how fast it is.
0: <laughs> Yeah, dude, those things were quick.
1: So fast.
0: Julander burned his arm on the muffler under the van, getting one. Oh yeah, the car. that was the worst. They the minute we burn, see it. Too. Yeah,
1: the minute we see it, right under the
0: car. It's funny that that's like the, they, when you get out of the car and you go to pick them up, that's the first place they go is under that car, and I think it's because they know, like, it looks like a big rock, I guess, a, and it's an easy shady spot to hide, but. It's almost like they knew that we'd be chasing it around the vehicle you know right it's right. goofy look at that thing spread eagle i'm doing the the spock thing yeah
1: there it is look at that look at that shirt you're wearing too
0: my it's yeah good. my crooked tooth
1: <laughs> and dude like Burke is a happy guy, but he was so happy when we got those things, Mm
0: -hmm. man. Uh, My name should be Earl. There we go. Yeah, the total puff adder, like the banding and the eye and all of it, just... I don't know what why I never really bothered to give those things a second look. But now I'm, I'm just freaking in love with them, man. They're just one of the coolest reptiles we have in the U.S., like, by far.
1: Oh, yeah. Hands down. Super unique in, in, in every attribute, every way. That's still one of my favorite photos.
0: I really want to see what Rob shot, like, what Rob got, because I still need a magazine cover. This issue is going to be behind a lot, because... A, we were gone a week yeah so I, yeah. half the month went by and it was like now I gotta start on the magazine so so before we no, talked about biggest yeah no it was maybe I'm not much as far as uh herping goes it's just not my not my thing. You know, I think I think, it, it, I think I prefer the captive side of things more.
1: I think it is your thing, but the the way we went about it was alien to you. You know, because there were times of the day when I hate, I don't want to say it like this, but I feel like we knew we weren't gonna see any animals or any reptiles, I should say. Like we knew it. It was just we were just hiking to hike and to see nature and all of its beauty, you know. Um, which I totally appreciate. I totally get it but the nighttime was the right time. You know what I mean? And uh, I just compare it to my local stuff. It's like, I don't go out during the day because there ain't nothing moving. Right. Know? It's hot. But come eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, it's prime time, baby. Yeah. It,
0: uh... I don't know. I just, like I said, I think it's just the captive side of things as far as her pediculture and her go i think is slightly more my wavelength and i mean that's there's plenty of guys that are they would love running around out there and you know could care less about keeping any of it in captivity and that's that's you know that's their wavelength that's just the way i see it you know some people just they would prefer to keep the exotic stuff and the air yeah. room, and some would rather be out in the middle of the freaking desert, desert in Texas, and finding this stuff, and that's cool too. Like I said, I mean, I really did enjoy finding a lot of that stuff, and you know, the night snakes were awesome. You know, it was, oh, as yeah. common and simple as as those were, and you know, just I don't know.
1: Thomas Irvin says, "Smoke cigars and road crews." <laughs> I like it, and I'll tell you. Our, you know what our next herping trip is, right? It's the local dirt roads around P and Cody's before Daytona. That's gonna yeah. be it. Let's see what we can find out there in the, neck of the woods. It was a lot of walking.
0: My, uh, I had like. Uh, Neuropathy in my feet. Oh, did you? Yeah. Like my feet were like tingly for several days after I got back. Really? Even while while we were there, my feet were tingling. Like they don't now, but.
1: That's just the diabetes.
0: The neuropathy was. uh, And even Juliander said that he was getting getting it. You know, it's just from walking around so much. And that's what, like you were saying before, like the sleep, the whole sleep schedule was the complete opposite of what I usually do at home. Uh it was just, it was a big shift as far as cuz I'm very routine in terms of you know sleep and and things like that so it was a pretty big shake up on my my body and mind in that regard even the physical activity like I'm not super physical I don't work out so especially like lost mind trail that was my body was was not prepared it's not conditioned
1: yeah, man, it's intense. It was intense. I'm trying to find the uh Koleonics pick for uh, for Doc Wyman.
0: Uh, where the hell is
1: it?
0: Other main takeaway was the desert is amazing at night. Yeah. Oh yeah. So those were kind of my my three things. Was a it's incredible that animals can even live out there, especially the bears and stuff. As hot as it is. B, I'm still not sure if herping is my thing or not, at least hardcore, intense herping. And the third one is nighttime desert hiking is, is pretty sweet.
1: So this is the first coleonics we found. I think this was just on the first night, actually. <clears throat> and that was just a, a kind of in-situ... Running around on the rocks, kind of photo. Um, Each one of those, each one of these stones here, is probably about the size of a grape and maybe a blueberry, just to give you an idea how small the gecko is. But you just look at that tail—so long and just velvety looking. Bands for days. It's awesome. Actually, I'm pretty sure the next photo is Rob. There you go. So, you can get an idea how small the gecko is. That's as far as I could zoom in. There's a tiny little booger. And uh we got a rock. And that tail is not that stubby, it's actually bending around the rock there. So, it does come to a full point. And uh, let me try and find the second one we
0: had. <clears throat> yeah, man. Like it, when you see those firsthand, it's incredible just how how exactly like a leopard gecko they are. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like there's no insane. other animal to compare it
0: to. It's an American leopard gecko, and it's why people American aren't all about them, gecko. you know. I'm even tempted to to mess with them now after seeing them. You know, they're just they're so cool, and it's it falls in the same category as like the locality corns and the bear rats and stuff. It's just like that's simple American stuff that's just cool. Yeah. Have it here, and it's like no one because it doesn't come from somewhere overseas or something. It just it just gets overlooked, and it's like we have so much stuff in our own backyard, man.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like I have a, a group of uh, Matratas now because of uh, Panjab. You know, Chris, is, I, I underground got a bunch in from, I believe, Honduras. And I was like, hey, Chris, what do you think of this? He goes, dude, they're my favorites. You got to get them. They're communal. Set them up like this. Do that. He sent me some articles to read. And, dude, I'm having a lot of fun with them, man. They're awesome geckos. It's my first time legit keeping geckos communally. <coughs> excuse me, communally. And uh, they're doing fantastic. <clears throat> Uh, trying to find where Rob sent me the link to his photos. So many messages. Uh, I may have gotten rid of it. Very interesting oh well i'll find it later but yeah uh, geckos in the desert man phenomenal absolutely awesome
0: did you learn anything while you were there
1: i learned a lot i learned there's countless species of animals that live in our beautiful country that i didn't even know existed i had no idea what a central texas whip snake was and to be honest, I had an idea in my mind what a patch nose looked like, but yeah, I, team, it was it not. Wasn't that. It wasn't that. Yeah. yeah. So that was super amazing, and uh, you really get an appreciation for you get appreciation for the herpers that are there day in and day out, tirelessly trying to find stuff. Um, you hope it's not just to pad their pocketbook. You hope that it's for science or photography or just appreciation of the wild. But man, we saw a lot of the same people every night doing doing what they do, and, and like the dedication to the area, the dedication to the species, I think is phenomenal. Um, and then the people that live out there, man, like it's tough to live out there. You know, they're, you're very far away from everything. I mean, we make jokes about how we can't order pancakes because the diner ran out of maple syrup, and the, the train doesn't deliver the syrup till Friday. But that's a real thing still. I mean, we're, we're spoiled. We have Amazon Prime, you know. If I want something, I will have it tomorrow, and I don't have to pay for overnight shipping. Those people, they, they're 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 old school, man. Very old school. So it was it was an amazing experience, and I look forward to uh, to more of them because I didn't travel in my younger years, and I regret it. And uh, the time is upon me. I'll tell you that.
0: We should do that. Ernie McCracken said, when are you going to allow guests to call in and ask about lizard leashes and 66% het for ghost ball pythons? Couldn't even tell you what a ghost is.
1: I wish I bona fide genuinely wish that there was an app or a program where I could, we, we could have people call in like an actual radio show.
0: Well, we have the Google number, but we have no way of like plugging it into this. I don't see. Think that or. would
1: be amazing take caller number 42 you're on snakes and Stokies.
0: I'll have to look into it it's probably easily doable just got to figure out how to make it happen cuz that would be cool
1: you know yeah cuz you figure video's cool but some people they don't want to be on camera they don't want to be on video maybe their their bandwidth isn't working well enough to do you know the actual video itself but everyone's got a phone everyone can do audio even if it's through Facebook, you know? So we got to figure that out because that would be a lot of fun. Radio show. Yeah. The, sh- the shadow knows. You want
0: to talk about Inlands?
1: Which ones? Because I'll talk about all of them. But yes, let's talk about Inlands.
0: You want me to explain where I'm coming from on the Inland thing? more detailedly
1: i think that you and i share the same opinion of this topic however you lean a little more one way and i lean a little more the other way but we need to break it down and explain it to our listeners and viewers what exactly we're talking about So, why don't we start from the beginning?
0: First off, disclaimer. Disclaimer. I'm not that upset about it.
1: That's fine. There's no voice inflection in text message, so forgive me if I was...
0: Everyone in our group appears to think that I'm, like, really fired up over it, and I'm really not. It just... I don't get it.
1: (laughs) All right, so let's let's take it... Context. Let's take context. Go for it.
0: So, our buddy Casey Cannon... Uh, well, we were talking about inlands. We got on the topic of, of inlands. And, of course, there's some albino inlands, which do look very cool. Let me see if I can find a picture. Uh, and Casey Canada, of course, is all about it. And that's cool and all. Um, is there pictures on Google of these? I think I mean, there is. I don't, I'm not seeing them. She's talking about how you know albino inlands that look really cool, and he wants to, you know, that's something he well, would like for, to hold, pursue. Hold on a second. So
1: let's let's rewind because as much as our viewers, listeners, and friends, are Morelia people, Morelia freaks like us, we're talking about inland carpet pythons, okay? Yes. Which are a completely separate animal from the coastals, the jungles, the brettles, the dark
0: subspecies. There's not. Why do I have bugs crawling on me? Um, So Casey's all about making these things, and that's cool and all. My biggest so my my real quick, real quick,
1: let's 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 elaborate as to how how it is made. So the albino gene in carpet pythons is correct me if I'm wrong. Strictly a Darwin gene, right? Correct. Okay,
0: and to you have to hybridize, right? Darwin's with something else. You have, to, you, have to, you have to breed an inland with either with an albino Darwin.
1: Or a, another, dare I say the word, mutt carpet that has multiple other genes in it that other other mutations or genetics or localities that also happen to have that albino-darwin blood within. So if you you know, so there's a, a you know tiger albino jungle. Well, it's not an albino jungle, it's a tiger jungle that has albino. I mean, I'm 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 probably fucking this up, but go on. You you guys get the point.
0: As I'm sure a fair chunk of us know, there's not a lot of inlands in the US floating around out there. There are people that have them, there are people that are breeding them, but you're not seeing them in the numbers that you're seeing coastals and jungles and popwins and all the you know regular Darwins, I guess for that matter, too. And <clears throat> so my thing with the whole albino thing is it it hurts a little bit knowing that the availability of just either the you know both or one of the two lines of inlands available in the states there there's there's not a lot there's they're not bred very consistently like mutton breeds them. Birch has been trying to breed them. Julian breeds them. So there are people that do have them. Like, it's it's not like it's only like two people in the country that are working with them or anything like right, that. Right, right.
1: It's not, it's not like Dunn's pythons or anything. It's right. – there, there are several people across our nation that are breeding them, but the are only ones that are selling them or showing them off or even letting people know that they have them and that they bred them are very few and far between. So in my personal opinion, there are lots of breeders in what I like to call the Morelia Illuminati, where they're usually a little more, I don't wanna say secretive, but they're more private individuals who will swap snakes amongst their friends or they'll sell snakes amongst their friends. And they're out there, but we, the, the, the common folk, dare I say, don't necessarily have access to them. And it's not because they're astronomically expensive. I I actually, I I hate to say it, but I passed up a pair of them for, I think it was like $1200 for the pair.
0: Which is pretty standard for those. Right, which is pretty standard. I mean, for a carpet, they're still up there.
1: Right, right. But the available ones to, quote unquote, the common folk are few and far between. So Justin's point is...
0: Can we please have a regular supply of... Of the lines before we start worrying, like worrying about the morphs, is pretty much just what I'm getting at. It's, it's I I kind of so I equated it to sort of like hog noses. That may not be a good analogy, but you think about it, the morph craze got so big with hogs that finding a normal hog was slash is very difficult still. At least from what I've seen, like I do check periodically in the classifieds and stuff, and I don't see normals available that often. It's like we got so enamored with the morph. Thing in that species that normals got completely thrown by the wayside, and it's one of those things where if you want a hog nose and you don't want to spend four hundred plus dollars on a hog, like it might be a little difficult.
1: Yeah, and it goes to the classic, you know, Ian Malcolm Jurassic Park quote: "Is you were so enamored that you could, you didn't think to stop and think if you should." Right,
0: and I'm like, it's not. It's not that I'm like one person trying to do the albino thing is not going to ruin inlands forever. Like 20 people doing that isn't going to ruin inlands forever. It's just one of those things right. where I'd like to see them more available as the regular, um, lines. Then when, then now having to worry about head albinos and things being represented properly. Okay. Uh, so, and so it's like, you think about bowellans. I use this This is an extreme example. But right. I was like, there's so few bowellans in the country. No one's really breeding them it'd be like someone being like, I'm going to make an albino Boilens. I don't have enough money to get a full pair. I just have enough money for a male or a female. I really think an albino would look cool. So I'm somehow, I don't know if you could even breed a Darwin to a, a Boilens. So it's kind of a stupid example, but it is in a similar vein to where like the availability just isn't there. It's like, why are we worried about morphs and, and color patterns and things like that? before we have a steady supply of these things. To, and it's like, if you do that, like, go nuts. You know, it's just one of those things where I worry more about down the line, and I'm talking like 10 years, you know, at least. Um, you know, now it's like, well, we have Inlands, but finding pure like original line Inlands is now going to be very tough because everyone was, you know, not everyone, but people got so obsessed with the idea of plugging it into other things that now they're very hard to find. So.
1: But so, that being said, I agree with you. I do. But I also have my own opinion of this where... And again, I don't know the full history of diamonds,
0: but... In this, I agree with Cox. What's Cox say? Cox said, well, if you do it the correct way, it's all good. If you have a room of carpets and you have 6.6 inlands and you toss one male to an albino, it's not that bad. And that's that's kind of how Billy Hunt does it with the, the carpondros and stuff. Like, he has, right. if he right. has a spare pair of a carpet and a, car, a chondro he'll pair them and that, like, right. that's cool and all, but it's also pretty easy to pick out a Carpondro out of a group.
1: That's true. But now, so what I was going to say is going back to diamonds, I don't know the full history of diamonds. I'm I'm not God's gift to Morelia, but it was to my knowledge that a lot of diamonds were figured out and dialed in because they bred in the jungles and they made those first F1 diamond jungle crosses 15 20 years ago whatever it was and i feel like if you did have one bolens and you bred an albino darwin to it and it worked you could get a lot of information out of that and again one person doing it two people doing it 10 people doing it that's fine as,
0: that long as, as, as long as as long as there's
1: more than 10 bolens to be done with right
0: i think you're not going to okay. get a whole lot of information if you're trying to breed just bolens <laughs> Breeding yeah, it to another no, species, no. you're not going to get much from that. I don't think it's like that was.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that people's uh, evolution of keeping diamonds and breeding diamonds was furthered, whether it be by a little bit or by a lot. It was furthered because of that hybrid. That hybrid. Now, I also think about this too. Is the the animals that Casey got, for example, those are already mutts. Now, in theory, could there be work to be done to weed them back out and bring back into purity or not to say purity, but you know what I mean? But he's already got mutts So why not just keep making mutts and make cooler looking mutts and more, more exotic mutts? You know what I mean? It's not like he bought a uh, uh, 6.6 pure animals and he's mutting them all out. But, <laughs> <Mutting. laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's it's, he's already got hybrids. He's already got mutts so he's just making cooler looking muds.
0: I, yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying the availability of regular inlands just isn't there yet to where I feel like we should be worrying about making albinos or tigers or any of this other stuff. And I mean, that's just personal opinion. Like I said, I love Casey to death. You can do it every once. Like the albinos do look cool. I sent you the picture on Messenger, by the way. Oh, okay. Cox sent me, me to show let me, them. Let me grab it real quick. Um, and Cox, I think at one point during that conversation, I made. Uh, like a a reference to like chondros and some like localities not being available. And like, that's, I can understand sort of the comparison, but at the same time, I don't think it, it matches very well because even with the localities, I've said it a million times, like we don't know a hundred percent if it actually came from where it's being claimed that it came from. Right. Like
1: like the Lyra stuff.
0: And that is a very cool looking snake. Like I will not deny that. Yeah. Now, like if you plug that was, in with the Brettles, it would be pretty sweet.
1: Okay, that's what I was going to ask. This is not the albino Brettles. This is the this is that's Albino the, Darwin 2.
0: That's the Inland.
1: It's the Inland. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome looking animal, man. Awesome. I, I wish it was on a different background because I feel like that tan substrate is. Yeah, it
0: kind of kills the contrast. Kind of kills the contrast. The, yeah, it doesn't make the colors pop.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you can imagine what that would look like on like a black tablecloth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. Um but yeah, and, and and just going back to what we were talking about before, do you remember that we were talking about on the on the Texas trip, talking about, you know, Rock Chondros, you know, doing uh actually doing ruffies to what was it, roughies to Green Trees, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now how do you feel about that? If I bought I, I still want to see what a one looks roughies, like out of
0: morbid curiosity, but it's the same thing. Like okay, maybe so in the I next five, five plus years when ruffies are now way cheaper and much more readily available, that's, that's fine. But what's the point? It's like the chihuahua crested combinations, man. It's like, why are you going to take a, you know, a thousand dollar animal and pair it to, you know, $200 crested. It's like, is it because you just didn't have the money to get another chihuahua And so you thought this was the next best thing. Is it some sort of Frankenstein sort of thing? You know, and I'm not. I'm. I'm in no way anti-morph. You know, I have the albino beards. I've got two of them now. Um, right. Like I plan on playing with that gene a little bit and seeing how it works with some of the other stuff. But it's like, can we? I just want to make sure that we're not shorting ourselves in the future by worrying about like what we're breeding now. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No. I, I get it, man. I'm. I'm. I agree with you. I do. But I also feel like. If I got a group of, of ruffies and paired them all the carpets, you would still have all those other roughy breeders keeping it pure, keeping it righteous. You know what I mean? Hmm. And I feel like I feel the same way with the inlands.
0: I do. Well, it's it's compounded a little bit then because yeah, like you have full control over what happens with those animals, but once you don't have them anymore, you don't have that control. That's true. Like That's very those, true. those, those integrates that Casey got, someone could very easily throw those up on more market and say like, Hey, these are Inlands and completely scam people and get top, top, top dollar. That's true. And that if, is you true. Know, if it's someone who is, doesn't really know exactly what they're looking at, then they're going to now next time when they're, when they're done with it and they want to move on to something else, they're now selling it as an inland and it is now yeah. going to someone else. And you know, yeah. it's just that thing. It's like you, you, you're not going to be able to control what happens to that animal after it's left your collection. You know, That's true. And I That's, that's uh, kind of what makes me nervous. is like how reliable yeah. are other people to do the right thing and know what they're dealing with and that kind of thing.
1: Right. I have a, a, a Darwin that the older it gets, the more Darwin it looks. Um, but in the beginning, I was really concerned that it was an IJ Cross. And one of the reasons why is because the guy that produced it down in Miami... Has been known, at least on the grapevine, to do Darwin IJ crosses a lot because his one or two or five Darwin females didn't take. So he's like, "Screw it, I'll just throw it to an IJ," you know. And and again, usually pretty good about about you know uh, uh, marketing it as the appropriate animal. Yes. But let me give you hit me give you an even worse if a, you're even, if
0: you're if you're looking at it on a timeline. Mm -hmm. some point on that timeline, someone is not going to sell that animal for what it actually is.
1: And what I was about to say is what I like to call the board shop mistake. Bored meaning like I'm bored, right? So you get a pet shop, mom and pop, chain store, whatever it is. And they bring in a Darwin IJ Cross, right? And it gets handed to the the clerk the owner of the store who bought the animal hands it to the clerk and says hey man this is a Darwin IJ cross throw it up for 399 or whatever it was right and the clerk walks over and he gets his little brother label maker and he puts hey oh man hey boss how much does snake again oh 3 99 okay okay goes, Darwin 399 wasn't doing it maliciously just young kid wasn't paying attention old kid wasn't paying attention and forgot to put IJ on there. And that's where that's where the snowball starts. So I get it, man. I really do.
0: And you I could do. you could argue easily that you know the, the clientele that's gonna be buying that animal is likely right. not gonna be the Eric Burks and yes. the Owen McIntyre's and the Nick Muttons. Wow. You know, it's gonna be the people that just want to carve it. Don't care what it is. Ends up on Craigslist eventually, whatever.
1: And then just to go back to your Chihuahua thing, sorry, my neighbor's dog is barking, forgive me. Um, To go back to the whole Chihuahua thing, I know someone who bought a Chihuahua because they saved up and saved up and saved up and got one. And it was their pet. And they said, you know what, I'd really love to breed it. And then their neighbor or a family friend or somebody was like, hey, you keep reptiles. I don't want this crested gecko anymore. Take it. And they're like, hey. Maybe I can, maybe I can throw it to the Chihuahua and see what happens. And all of a sudden they pop out hybrids, right? And now they sell those hybrids and now they have money to invest or to buy or to acquire an appropriate Chihuahua. And now the boom, now they're popping out the pure stuff. So like, it's almost, it's almost like a, 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 a means to an end. I guess you'd call it that. You know what I mean?
0: I like I said, I'm not against it. It's cool if someone wants to do it, go for it. It's just personal, personal opinion is I don't see the point.
1: No, I get it. I get it.
0: Like, why Why not just don't? Why, why half ass it when you can whole ass it? It's just going to take I a little time, you know?
1: I agree. I am not a hybrid guy. I, I'm an integrated guy, providing it's appropriately done. So, like, you breed a cottonmouth to a copperhead, as long as it's a Florida cottonmouth to a southern copperhead, I'm okay with that. You start breeding a Trans Pecos to a southern, I'm not into it, man. I'm not. It's just not going to happen. You know?
0: And I put it in, you know, speaking about retics in the chat, you know, I, that's how I kind of laid it out for Cox too, is like, take a super rare locale of super dwarf. Would you rather someone pair that to that same locale because there's only like tannin bars right now. Am I gonna go and pair my tannin bar with this with a bar neck or something because that's my only option? I don't want to do that. I want to find another tannin bar, be it somebody else's, where I'm even sending that mail to somebody for them to use just so we can have more tannin bars in the industry. Granted, it's gonna take longer before they're readily available, but it's a start. You know, it's somewhere to go and I, I would be just as frustrated with the, the super dwarf retick thing, you know, like a true super dwarf, like rare locale that's rarely available. We know for a fact that it actually came from this area. Like it's verified, verifiable to a degree. And if someone just was like, well, I got this, you know, what was the, the thing? A mochaccino latte, half head, scaleless mainland. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to pair this, this super rare super dwarf that I just paid. Like I just had to remortgage my house to buy and pair it with this just five gene mainland type, like a little, it just, it's kind of, like I said, people can do whatever they want to do. It just, to me, it's, it's like, man, like you really could have just, you could have, you could have done more for that species to where you you could explore that more and other people could explore that more if they were more available. And I mean, we're talking about very long term, obviously. This isn't like a a one year sort of thing where it's like all of a sudden, hey, there's tannin bars everywhere. Like, cool. Like we're talking Yeah, I would I would it.
1: say that tan- oh, I would say the tannin bars are even more scarce these days than inlands. I would and I would agree with you 110%. But at the same time, if you already had a Mutt tannin bar. What would it matter? You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, that I get. I just it's it's the eye of the beholder. If people want to want to Frankenstein things, that's cool. Whatever, go for it. Some of the some of that stuff does look really neat, you know. Like I said, I like just ball pythons. Like, I couldn't tell you the first thing about most of the genes with balls, but I do appreciate how like the phenotype of some of these, they look really badass. Like they look like cool snakes. Do I know what was involved in making them and having them look that way? Absolutely not. I'm clueless. But
1: well, wasn't wasn't the Tesseracorn something else? Wasn't that a hybrid?
0: I've heard that. I don't know how true that is, though. Okay. I heard it came from like a king snake or something like that. But I, yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time buying that. Doesn't when I was
1: hard. when I was eighteen, I had a a uh, Jurassic king snake. And my Jurassic yes. king snake was a chain king to I think a, a Florida corn maybe, mm-hmm. and that thing was super cool looking, crazy looking. It was only like three feet, and it was like six, seven years old. It didn't get big at all. But when I was, I would say late nineties, early two thousands, that was like the colubrid hybrid craze.
0: Yeah, like, I remember that. Just and we're
1: not talking like and Nelson. Jungle
0: corns were the thing. Yeah,
1: jungle corns were the thing. And I feel like we got out of that. You know what I mean? But then again, you're talking about animals that are native to our country.
0: See, and Cox said there is a rumor that a king snake integrated uh, is where it came from. But I think if that were the case, even this far down the, down the line and down the road from when they originated, I feel like you would still notice... That king snake side of things, like with jungle corns, it's obvious it's not a corn snake. It's obvious it's not a king snake. Like it, it's pretty clear that it's something else. You know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm obviously I'm not a, a gene expert, but I I wonder if there's ever a chance where you have a hybrid that produces a gene, and then upon cleansing the hybrid of the opposing bloodline, it would still retain that gene. So, in theory, you could have a king snake gene in a corn snake, but the corn snake would still be 100% corn snake. Is that possible? I don't know.
0: You're talking about like breeding out that half of the. A... Yeah. I don't think. I think it'll always be there to a degree. Like, yeah, yeah. You, it, you know, it's just like the carpet crosses. Like, you can get as much of the diamond out of the Diamond Jungle, Diamond Coastal Cross, but it's always going to be there a little bit, I would think. Maybe that's something Wyman could yeah. chime in. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're stock Wyman. Yeah. So. And then, uh, do you guys think palmetto corns are 100% corn snakes? I have no reason to believe they're not. The first one was wild caught. I, but could it be something else? It's entirely possible. We'll never know.
1: We'll never know. And I don't I feel like if it in my personal opinion if it wasn't some kind of hybrid or integrate i feel like it was just inbred inbred and inbred to the point of causing a legit mutation
0: even in the wild
1: even in the wild who knows you know you hear about these barns like a barn that was abandoned in the 1920s, and the only thing that has ever set foot inside that barn was corn snakes and rats. And they're just 15, 20 generations deep of inbreeding. Who knows? We'll never know.
0: I don't know. Palmetto corns don't do much for me either, so.
1: Yeah. I want all natural florida style.
0: johnny barrett says just because you have an animal doesn't make it your responsibility to make more of it it may be irresponsible if it's endangered of being lost to the world and no one's working with it and that i agree with yeah
1: i agree with that i do
0: and that that kind of falls in the whole category in the debate of like should someone just have a lone Bowellans as a pet because they have the money and you know it is what it is like they because they can't yeah you know, it's like, sure, I mean, it sucks because, you know, there's people out there that are trying to make stuff happen with them and, you know, maybe adding another animal won't make a difference. It won't give them any more success than a pair would. But, yeah, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the guy that owns the, the white rhino or something. It's like, there's only a few of these around. Why do you just have it? We need it. It's necess- We need it for the cause.
1: And I think it also comes down to, I don't want to say people's opinion. But it, it's, um, it's ingrained in some people on a historical level. Like, for example, I grew up in a horse farm in Jersey. And, Boise. In Jersey. And uh, we would get, I don't want to call it piebald, but for lack of a better word, we would get piebald whitetail deer. And uh, they were always called. They were the first ones called. And you know, my dad would get a phone call from a neighbor two farms over. Hey, I saw one of those white spotted deer on your property. Uh, do you want me to get them or are you gonna get them? And my dad would say, Ah, come over, get them, do what you want with them, you know, because my dad wasn't really big into it. But that was the thing, is they didn't want that gene messing up everything else because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it caused an abnormality. And there are certain people that are old school mentality of no, it's not supposed to be like that. Get rid of it. So who knows?
0: And Hardin County Herp said, we should start pedigreeing our animals. It would help us with uh, help us out with knowing history, locality and working with zoos and facilities. And that's one thing I will say the Condra community does really well is keep track of that stuff. Um, I know with one of my, like my animal from David Brahms, I'll bring it up and show you. I did a lot of digging to find uh basically trace like backtrack the lineage of this animal from Brahms through various old websites. Um but it's cool like that's that's what's neat is people keep track of these things. You know like animals, serial numbers.
1: Um but see I also feel like and maybe this is just because I grew up when reptile people were shitty. Um, not to say they're not shitty now, but I know there's a lot of people that would lie about that. A lot of people yeah, would yeah, photo yeah. some pedigree, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and that's, that's, de- that that's depressing. Is, that is kind of the risk you take, but like yeah. these I know for sure. So like right, I went yeah, and found yeah. this animal, right? found the, you know, talked to David about the animals it came from and then went as far back and I was able to find a Vinsky blue male and a, a Ophiological Services high yellow female is in the bloodline on the, the damn side, you know? And like, that's as far as I could go back. That's as far as I could dig back. But like, it's awesome that this, there's a lot of Rico Walter lineage in this, in this animal. And uh, like, I went back as far as I could, man. I did a lot of digging just to find these two and like, they're there, you know, it's, I don't know. Like people, people do that well in, in Condor's. But Phil is correct, in the whole, you know, having a verified lineage chart or something where we know for a fact that this is what happened, because there are gonna, there's always gonna be people that take advantage of of these kind of things and try and scam people. It is, it is, it's nature of the beast, I guess. In any industry, there's always gonna be someone trying to steal money from other people.
1: Yeah, it's sad. But it is awesome that you do have the lineage that you have and that you are friends with Brahms and could give him the information that you found and have the information for yourself.
0: And I think it's cool to be able to go back and be like, man, this is like one of the most, you know, some like same with Conjo's too, you know, there's like famous animals in Conjo history and to like go back and see like, you know, way down the line, this animal came from that and like, is it gonna have any bearing on the the genetics if you bared it now? Not really, you know. But it's just cool that it's still there. Like, there's a there's a history to it, and that's kind of why I love that that Brahms animal so much, is because it has, you know, it came from Rico Walder's stuff. Like, that's that's a that's a finite resource because Rico isn't around anymore. Signal herps not around anymore, you know. And, and that was something I wanted to talk to Rob about actually, because I think he had mentioned it while we were on the trip. You know, like people maybe putting too much uh, merit into the, the history or bloodline of an animal or the an animal itself. And I can, I can see that.
1: Um, yeah. But at the same time, a, it's
0: almost always people that aren't with us anymore. Like Justin Wilbanks. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have had some of his stuff. Cause that was my buddy, man. That was, that was, I talked to him pretty regularly. He was a good guy. And I don't have any animal, but, but I just didn't have, I didn't have the money to strike when the iron was hot.
1: Yeah. But, but as amazing as his animals were, is that because you wanted a sentimental piece to carry on with you or his animals were that stellar that you wanted to keep the line going?
0: He had really nice ones. He was working on tiger stuff, mostly um, tiger stripe. And he had some killer animals, but yeah, also the same way of like carrying the torch in a sense, you know, that's your, that's your friend. Just like if something happened to me, you guys would be getting, pretty much you'd be splitting up my collection and I would hope that you would want to carry on that kind of thing, you know? And like the Rico thing, that's just cause Rico was, you know, he's the legend in the Condra world or in herpet culture in general. And to be able to have some of that, like a, just a, a small piece of that, even if it's pretty far removed from where I'm at now, I just, I don't know. It's something to, I, it, it's, you know, I don't know. Just. No, I get, I get it. I
1: get it. I do. Yeah, and and you look at you look at the big names, you know, like like Bell's stuff and Abbott stuff, and it it's a it's a fantastic thing to keep going. It really is, Um, but I also feel like people dwell a little bit too much on it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, and uh, and I would hate to to overlook someone's you know production because it wasn't, quote-unquote, of pedigree. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I think think we're in a better place than we were in the past, and it's going to be a hell of a ride to the future. So I'm eager to see how everything progresses. On a side note, um, anybody who likes ginger beer, I love ginger beer. Um, I was in the grocery store, and I found – I was looking for – Ginger beer, and I found Bundaberg in a glass bottle. Ginger beer, Australian family-owned.
0: Look at that! It's got the kangaroo on it. That's how you know it's real.
1: And I thought it was a, a, a you know, like a pop top, but it has like this grenade pull thing, which is pretty nifty.
0: Front and towards I'm the enemy.
1: I'm gonna try. Yeah, <laughs> front towards. I'm gonna try and show you how it works. So you grab the the pull pin. And you lift up. I spill this all over myself. And when you pull up, it breaks the seal. Like that. And then the whole thing just pops off.
0: It's crazy. Seems seems excessive. I think it's pretty nifty. I thought you were about to like whistle over it. Do you think that was the other sort of part of this conversation? Little engine that could. Is the morph thing getting out of hand overall?
1: No. I feel like it is a. <sighs> I feel like ball python morphology is on its own wavelength. Um, I feel like that is just its own thing, and it will continue to be its own thing, and it's a separate island of herpetoculture, to everything. Um, but I feel like more and more people right now, the trend right now is locality-specific animals. That's a fact. People want to know where it came from and the phenotypes within. Um, especially like Colubrid people right now, like that is the MO is I want to know what Valley it's from. I want to know what town it's from. I want to know what highway it's from. I'll turn to madness. Um, But I don't think that morphs are, I don't think people are like, I have to make this crazy color because that's what makes a million dollars. That's always going to be a thought in people's minds. But I feel like right now people are focusing on keeping things more pure and keeping things locality specific to the best of their ability.
0: I guess that was uh, to rephrase the question Do you think the focus on morphs is, is getting out of hand? I don't no, I think, think they'll
1: like I think it's plateaued.
0: breeding because they think <sighs> you, someone thinks they're going to make, you know, they're going to be the next Zuckerberg of, of reptiles. I don't think that's as prevalent as uh-huh. it's, people make it out to be. Uh, it does exist, I, you know, but. I don't think it exists to the extent that it's led to be portrayed as.
1: Yeah. I I just don't see, I don't see people focusing on morphs as much as they used to. And like, there's that whole thing of, uh, while the United States and Canada was focusing on making morphs, Europe was focusing on how to, how to have better husbandry. And I feel like, now that Europe wants to do morphs, they're being shunned for it. And whilst here, we're trying to you know, do better husbandry. I feel like it flip-flopped over the past 15, 20 years, whatever it may be. Um, But I don't think that the, I don't think that morph trend is exploding right now. It's had its moments. It had its moments with corn snakes. It's had its moment with carpet pythons. It had its moment with hognose. And the hognose thing, I feel like is legit tapering off now you know, animals that were multiple thousands of dollars are now a few hundred dollars
0: a few hundred that's, I mean that's anything over a long enough timeline
1: yeah but what i'm saying is, is the timeline is not that long what was it 5 years ago i mean i don't know anything about hognose, but like 5 years ago you know super condos were phew, a few grand now were they 600 bucks 800 bucks i don't i don't know yeah so so it didn't take 15 20 years it took like Five, So maybe that's because people were focusing on morphs and they knew how to do things. More people know what a Punnett square is. You know what I mean? Maybe because of literature or the internet, things have progressed, but I really do feel like morphs are, they're stable, but people are focusing, at least in this country, they are focusing on locality specific purebred stuff more now. Maybe because they've had a realization like you have where, oh man, I really love you know Mexican black kings and no one's breeding them because I see them at a table for $600 a baby. It's like, wow, that's a $50 mm-hmm. snake. What the hell happened? Well, it's because everyone who was breeding them, they either got sick of it and stopped or they realized that there was too many people breeding them, so they stopped doing it then. Yeah. And now no one's breeding them, so they're expensive. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? That's something that's always fascinated me about just, the, I guess, the industry... Uh, "Quote unquote," you know, is the economics of it and how, how cyclical and trend-oriented it it gets to be, and it's all because of the internet, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Morphs remind me of '90s music genres—rock, rap, and pop—splitting and coming back together, and then splitting again.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true.
0: I mean we've talked about this kind of thing in the past and I think it's I definitely think there's a sort of a renaissance of sorts in terms of people now getting away from sort of the bread and butter of the hobby in terms of species and now branching out into sort of more obs- like obscurity and and species that either never got the 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 proper time and dedication in the past and now right. like you know I'm not going to necessarily say kukri snakes but you see like Wyman working with kukris and it's it's cool to see someone doing that and i'm sure that inspires other people to see them and say hey you know those are neat i want to try them out yeah yeah um yeah, i got local I also go ahead no no, no what you're gonna say i say it's 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 crazy to me how much like the podcast influenced that kind of stuff too sure know, with with i'm sure burke has has reinvigorated the the desire for people to hunt down Julaton jungles now yeah, and him talking about them, you know, I've had a lot of people with beards just because of how much I talk about them. Like it's, it's just, it's wild, you know, and it's, and dude, it's cool and it's, that that it piques people's interest enough for them to want to pursue it.
1: Right, right, and and as much as I want to, I love giving Eric credit for the gelatin stuff. Maybe it's because I'm your friend. Maybe it's because I'm your co-host. But the amount of people looking and talking about beards, rat snakes, because of you is amazing it really is you know and it's it's it makes you realize how many people actually listen to us gibber jabber for two hours <laughs> you know um oh man i was gonna say something about oh yeah uh so the whole thing of right now in my opinion of people focusing on husbandry and naturalistic stuff and locality specific pairings and stuff like that I really feel like and people are gonna get mad at me for saying this, I really feel like it falls into the millennial hipster keeper. Because the Generation X kids who are now in their late thirties, late 30s, 40s, and even in their 50s, they were they were tank keepers with paper towels and or racks or whatever. And now you have, you know, the millennials under 30 that are more
0: they're going with the uh, european way they're, of things right right smaller collection yeah. like yes. bigger enclosures
1: yes it's it, the hipster that's keeping like i hate to call it that but that's what it is you know and it's like oh you keep it in iraq well i have this sand imported from this place and i do this type of live naturalistic plant and as much as i'm making fun of them right now it's fucking amazing and i am so proud that they are doing it because it gives the old fogies, myself included, inspiration.
0: and not Henry. And,
1: well, Henry's an anomaly. <laughs> Henry. Henry's an Aww. anomaly because Henry has the coolest naturalistic enclosure ever, right? But again, Henry's not a hipster millennial. But what I'm saying is, is I'm I'm I make fun of the hipster millennial and the way that they're keeping, but I'm also proud of them because of what they've brought to the table and what they've. Open the eyes of so many keepers, myself included. You know, I think it's fantastic, and and that coincides with the locality-specific stuff, opposed to yeah. making it yellow.
0: It's interesting too because it, it seems like there's maybe I guess you could say a subconscious pressure for people to now s- take a, a second look, or you know, maybe question how they're keeping things, whether they. Are doing it intentionally or not. I think the, the, not necessarily the internet mob, but the, the most vocal ones about doing that, that European way of things with the smaller collections and the bigger setup, more natural setups, you know, like that's, there's a pressure there that's, that's building, you know, whether you, whether you like it or not, or you hear it or see it or not. I think it's, and I'm sure you could ask pretty much any of the Cajun companies, you know, over the last 10 years, how have you things have how have things shifted? Like are you selling as many racks as you did ten years ago, five years ago? Um, and I'd be willing to bet a lot of them probably say no, they they're not.
1: Um, yeah. And like look at this. look at a company like Hagen and Exoterra, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Hagen
1: puts out a vivaria, glass vivarium where the front opens. Crazy. How many people made that or, or, or attempted to make that? And now it's remember, commercially Remember when those available. first
0: came out? Yeah. It was such a big deal. Such a big cool. Deal. It was like someone invented fire. It was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all the so. dart frog guys were thrilled. We we're like, finally. Of course, I think prior to that, a lot of them were pretty much making their own sliding front glass, you know, tanks for frogs, but. Yeah, I just, I think, you know, whether you, like I said, whether you like it or not, I think there's a, there's a a moral push, moral pressure to, to do that kind of thing. And I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to abide by it because I'm, I'm kind of old school in that, the way I, I see things too, you know, it's, am I going all out as far as enrichment and stuff for my animals? No. Am I giving them options to sort of change things up, adding multiple hides, you know? making them have to kind of work for food and putting it in spots where they have to actively hunt for it, you know, a box with a hole cut in it you know, where they have to really look for, you know, the food and stuff like that. Yeah. I do that on occasion too, but putting them, you know, in a bathtub or, you know, a freaking cat tree or something, you know, and all that. And like, I'm not, I'm not going that far with it. I, I feel like I kind of straddle, Sort of the two generations in that sense, where it's like, yeah, I can see yeah. where they're coming from as far as the enrichment and the bigger naturalistic enclosures, but I'm also of the old school mindset of like they do fine in these simple setups, and I've just come to the conclusion that more. it's yeah, that it's that it's just if the species requires if the if the recipe calls for a big naturalistic setup, and you know that like that species has been documented to thrive, or even if it's a species that no one really knows anything about. And you try both, and you see which one it prefers, and you stick with that one. Like, just do what the recipe calls for. Am I going to keep the Goni soma in a thirty-two quart tub? No, I kept them in like that for a while until I got that Cambro rack because he was a freaking escape artist. But like yeah. that is a species that that yeah, you can keep them in the seventies, like the V seventies, and they'll probably they'll do okay. Like they'll do fine. But that's a species that will benefit, you know, one hundred percent if you give them a lot of space and a lot of places to hide and a lot of climbing options and stuff and. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's like that's what the recipe calls for. Sandboas, am I going to do that? No. No. Chondros? No. You know, it's just like I said, what does the recipe call for? Do that. Right. There's no right. like the whole, that's what drives me crazy about that whole argument of the whole natural, like bigger Rivera, bigger setups, crazy enrichment versus racks and stuff. It's like, there's no one size fits all answer to that whole argument. Like it just, it doesn't, it's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that cut and dry.
1: Uh, on that same note, uh, pet shipped my, uh, African grassland oh. backdrops. So hopefully this week I will have them, which is kind of shitty because I'm behind the ball on the rest of the friggin' enclosure i uh <laughs> I got the fake grass, but i didn't i haven't I haven't planted the the real grass yet, so i'm gonna <clears throat> I'll probably put the backdrops in there and just keep them sterile with the nice backdrop for now and then you know in the next weeks or months i'll, I'll finish everything. I know Iber's mad because I haven't finished it yet
0: <laughs> I did uh I took a ton of pictures in Texas of the rock cuts and stuff and just overall habitat yeah. oh, just yeah. for personal reference because I would at some point. When I have the space, uh, I would like to do like a, a, I won't even say natural, but like a, a, something that mimics that habitat and keeps them sure. buried when it's a subox or something. And then a lot of like the Edison Serpentarium and uh, like Bee City Zoo, like they have corn snakes in this old barn sort of set up with old like tools and things like that and like old reclaimed wood. And I was like, I would love to do something like that with the corns too. And yeah, man, Rusty again, farm the You know that they're going to use all of that climate space and stuff like they're going to use the hell out of it. Yep. No,
1: I like it. I like it a lot. One day we'll all live in giant mansions and have our own zoos at home where every piece of art is a living enclosure. That's the goal.
0: Yep. So, but that was the three main points I wanted to get to of the night yeah yeah i don't know if you had anything else
1: i did um i wanted to talk more about books i went book crazy last oh. week um so i messaged uh mr brian hubs on facebook to get both the kingsnake books the the, the general kingsnake bible dare i say and the uh, mountain king book because i have a hardcore new obsession with pyro molina um and i'm on the i'm on the hunt for them so if anybody wants to steer me in a direction, feel free to DM me. Um, And then he's like, listen, man, I got the whole package deal if you want to get the field guides too, which he has the one Rattlesnake book with um, with Dr. O'Connor. And I could have sworn I had Dr. O'Connor's book, and I I don't. So I'm wondering if maybe like a friend had it, and I've read theirs a bunch and give it back to them or something. Um, But I wound up buying all four, and I actually got the last four, the last set for the ad for now he's got another print coming out i think in the next couple weeks so that's on its way and then uh
0: i talked to him about coming on thp at some point too
1: yeah we we gotta get him and we gotta with dr o'connor or or hubs hubs oh yeah you gotta get mr hubs on hands down i just like saying his name (laughs) and uh hold on i'm opening up my amazon real quick because i got more um my orders, so yeah, um, I also, I wound up buying uh, the complete Sub-Ock for Anna Maria because she showed a a good interest in it. And I was like, you know what? I don't wanna be that guy. Let me just get my own copy, right? So I ordered my own copy of that. Um, And then I also got, oh, where the hell did I get it? Oh, you know where I got it? I got it from Eco, Standby. Um, I also wound up buying uh, Rattlesnakes of the Grand Canyon, per Nipper's recommendation. Mm-hmm. He said that that book, although it is lean, it is incredibly informative. So that's exciting. And uh, was it in the group chat where Dr. Leonard sent pictures of the, the, the Grand Canyon rattler he found? Yes. The Utah locality? Yeah. Man, those rattlesnakes are so freaking cool and it sucks that the one state where they look like they do in Utah you can't get them because Utah they're protected. I mean it, it's good that they're protected because they need to be protected but again it's awesome and then I also went up getting the the snakes of Arizona book that everyone speaks so highly of I did not get the leather bound signature series it's like a million bazillion dollars but I got the hardback so that'll be fun to the collection too so I wanted to share my 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 book stuff which is crazy cuz i bought all these books and i know the first one i'm going to open is that mountain king book so you know building yeah, Casey,
0: man it's another one like you think about what? talking about a species like a group that died right mountain kings used to be the jam dude
1: dude and 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 there's still people putting them out. You know, Chris is uh, Chris Banshop's friend. He, he's got some. I got to I gotta hit him up about that. But from what I gather, they're not the easiest to keep going because of it is a montane species. And unless yeah. you're knowing of that, it can be difficult. And then I heard the babies are actually worse than enteresia to get feeding. Um, but I don't care. I want to get some babies and raise them up. And when the time comes, we'll figure it out, you know. Who says I'm even gonna breed him?
0: Cross that bridge when you get to it. Right.
1: Right, right, right. Maybe I'll throw it to a tesser see what happens. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anything else you want to touch base on?
0: Daytona, ready for it? Oh, I am I am
1: ready. I am mentally ready. I may not be physically or financially, but I am mentally ready. <laughs>
0: So you and I and Billy need to get together and have another magazine meeting. huddle. Yes.
1: Yes, we do. I know Billy was shopping for some backdrop stuff and I still have that backdrop. I have to roll out and figure out Um, I'm going to make it a mission uh, at some point in July to go see Billy again in person. Um, I'm going to bring him that backdrop and hopefully we can use it and put some logos on it and such. Um, I'm also going to have him produce more shirts and stickers and decals, and we'll have tons of swag to sell and give away. Um, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. And now that we have, you know, uh, Reptile Preservation Institute's uh, fundraiser, that's going to be pretty awesome. A little micro croc, uh, little micro uh, 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 croc it's for crocodiles or is it for snakes?
0: Is there... I think it's just for conservation in general, Lebronia Alliance, oh, okay. be cool. beneficiary and some other stuff. So Awesome. Good stuff. Um, this week I'm planning to get like, take a look at inventory as far as options for what issues we want to print and bring with us. Okay, cool. Um, and go from there.
1: Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for listening joining, watching, and uh, we will see you, or you will hear us, Thursday night, for yep. the Herbiculture Podcast.
0: Pretty cool guests lined up. I'm not going to reveal anything. but Nice,
1: nice. I like it. Pretty, pretty excited.
0: excited.
1: So. Same uh, snake time, same snake channel.
0: Right? Puget Sound Pythons, check them out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. They are officially the power couple of her One of
1: hands down the power couple Gendra Gendra in the Gendra. flesh
0: <laughs> everyone have a good evening bye, bye.